Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and today I got with us Luis Arvelo. Hi, everybody. Yo, I, how is my, my pronouncing of your name? Luis? Uh, Arvelo. 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 You have a list, but I just noticed this. I, I don't have today. a list. You have don't, a list. Don't, you don't let him lie to you. <laughs> that, that is not what I have, okay? If, if, uh, to the people who have heard every episode, you yeah. definitely picked up on this. I, have, I definitely have a stutter. Is it an accent? Oh, okay. Whenever I get real excited about things. Oh, let me put this on airplane mode. Hold on one sec. You don't want any of your hosts to start texting you? No, dude, dude. You mean those like, people? You up? <laughs> yeah. You, you know those people who don't exist anymore? <laughs> You know, <laughs> my, 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 my negative relationship status. Right now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, this is the topic that we have today. Is, uh, it, it is comedy. I mean, they read it, yeah. Yeah, they read it. But I'm going to tell you nothing. You, the people tell you women like funny men. But they, women don't like men whose entire purpose is to be funny and they're not famous yet. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like funny, funny is like, you know, they're like, oh, I want him to be strong. I want him to be a good provider. I want him to be funny. She doesn't say, like, she's never like, I want him to be funny and be on his way to trying to make money off of being funny. <laughs> <laughs> like that. No, yeah, I, okay. Okay, now I get you. Yeah, they want you to be funny because it makes life interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's all it is. They want to be entertained while being cared for. I, get, I understand. Well, I, I, I think also, like, girls tend to just laugh more with guys they like. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever been around a very attractive friend who isn't funny and girls are just dying laughing at That's... everything? That's last week. Uh, the Carmichael show had a uh, episode. Well, not anyway. Like while we're recording this last week, they had like this I'm posting this on, tonight on beauty, perfect yeah. beauty attraction. And like one of the points was like, uh, cause the girlfriend is like very hot, and she was like, oh no, I don't get these. There's no, there's no um privilege to to my beauty. And then like, and then Gerard, the character Gerard was like, like. What are you talking about? Like, don't you notice in parties, like, like guys laugh way more harder? Yeah. It would laugh way more harder, um, like, at your jokes? Yeah, that's completely true. Um, I actually was writing a core answer that I'm probably going to post tomorrow. Uh, so check it out, guys. Uh, no. <laughs> but it's about um, how pe- people were asking, when is it that women will value nice guys? When is it in life? And um, a lot of the people on there were saying stuff like, you know, women women do like nice guys who are really genuinely nice and not just like the pseudo nice. Right. And I agree with them, but I actually think a majority of dudes are just nice dudes. Like I just think the baseline for most guys in Western society, just like run of the mill dudes, just it's easier for us to be nice. Probably because we have forty five year old moms and our moms <laughs> raised us to fuck dumb. Like you know, <laughs> you know. And this is where I, I can't relate. It, My mom was young, young, was mad young. Yeah. And, uh, well, Don't so, know. but like, here's the thing is what I wrote and what I'm going to post tomorrow, I'm probably going to stir up the thing is when the attention dries up. Because right now there's a glut of attention that girls get that they can have where it's like, oh, every guy's nice to me. Every guy laughs at my stuff. Every guy pays attention to me. Why? So why would I value that? It's just basically in her internal economy. But as like she gets older and it won't even be like, I'm not trying to say like, oh yeah, as you get older, no guys are going to talk to you. It's a relative, right? So let's say like a girl who's at 23, 24, she might be getting like still checked out and talked to a lot when she's in her thirties, but less so than before. And so then niceness becomes more of a commodity, you know, than um, maybe assholeness, which is a huge commodity because it's like a type of attention that she's not used to receiving then and stuff like that. I don't 
No women, I don't know. No. Talk- <laughs> I, 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 love- I just got fresh out of high school. I'm still trying to figure out how to talk to people. Well, I, I think this is the thing. This is in real life, in, in, in the real world, because talking to someone in high school versus in real world are two different things. Yeah, well, because like in high school, you you talk based on this context of you being able to see them again. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the kind of thing that is funny. I actually think like people in terms of comedy, um, I'm not just talking about stand up. Think that people like funny people a lot more than they do. Um, I think people love being around funny people in the moment, but I, I've made this comparison. The Carmichael Show. I'd say probably the best comedy on TV right now. I agree. Uh, it's great writing. Eight, uh, uh, eight, eight, nine, eight uh, East Central Time on NBC. On, on NBC every Wednesday. Yeah. Actually, um, we just missed the episode right now. Yeah, and um, no, amazing writing, great laughs per second, all that stuff. Great, great script, yeah. great uh, story. Yet... It's still having problem pulling people in front of the television at that exact time, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to provide you nothing but good emotions. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, what's the that? The Bang Theory? Uh, no, no. Uh, we'll, we won't talk about that right now. Because um, <laughs> that, that goes against my point. Yeah. But, then, <laughs> but then, then we have the, uh, what's, the, what's that show called? Game of Thrones. At least you're self-aware. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm an ideologue. <laughs> um, Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody pulls their seat for that. What is it funny at all? No. Oh, it's because a lot of people. That's what. That's the in thing about. It. But it's also in because the emotional texture of it. It's not just that it's funny. Also, the story is just enough where you're emotionally invested. Yeah, in yeah. Okay. There's a heaviness there. I think the reason, like you know, we talked about how my comedy shifted, and I think your comedy, when it's fully realized, you say stuff that makes people very uncomfortable too. If you guys ever get the privilege of watching Louis before, it's going to be like fifty to sixty dollars to watch him, and I'm not just saying that to build you up. I genuinely think so, and I think a lot of talented people think you're talented. Oh, thank you. Um, but um, we we make people uncomfortable with what we say, but I think that builds real fans. I I, I think if you're only providing people good emotions when you're on stage. It's just, it's not really good comedy. Oh, that's perfect. So, it's a good thing because there was a showcase I produced with somebody. And uh, I wanted to book a certain comedian. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to. And I and I feel like it all boiled down to, to our perspective of comedy. Yep. They believe comedy should, we should just make the people feel good and laugh. And yeah. just have a good time and blah, blah, blah. I believe that... Should comedy make us feel better? Should good comedy should you laugh and feel good? Of course. Yeah. But I also think it should make you think and feel something. Exactly. Because comedy is art. Yep. And what does good art do? It stirs emotion. Exactly. Good or bad. And technically, there's no good or bad when it comes to emotion. It's just what you feel. This is the thing is... um, And, I, I, and it, also, it's also, about, and it's also about intent and perspective. Because yep. what we say, it makes people uncomfortable. But we're not saying it just because... Yeah, we're not being edgy. feeling uncomfortable. Yeah, we're yeah. not. We're not just saying. Sh- we're not just saying shock. Shock humor. Shock humor, just for the sake of shock. No, it comes from a intent and perspective and truth. Like this is what it is. Exactly, and now, and in in that dichotomy, I think you there's a distinguishment between someone who is a comedian. I think you can be a comedian and an artist, but I don't think all comedians are artists. Yeah, and I think the person that like. And we're saying this because we're part of this club, but I just genuinely think so that art is about dimensions. If you have like something that's one-dimensional, it's not artistic. It's kind of bland. It's banal. If it's only funny, like that's what I'm trying to say. If it's only like, oh, if this is only funny to me, then it's one-dimensional to me. I'm sorry. That's it. 
if it's funny and kind of insightful, that's two-dimensional. But, like, real art, like a chef, like a three-dimensional thing is funny, insightful, philosophical. Insightful or, or, or vulnerable. I think the vulnerability is in there, too. I don't – I like because, like, there's a thing is, like, where I want – I don't want someone who's just – going to tell me things of how I should think because then it becomes preachy. Mm -hmm. I want them to put them in there and I think that's the beauty of comedy. That goes with preference as well. Exactly. Because we've talked about like um, Trevor Noah Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, I didn't Me like and it. Nick liked it. You thought it was funny. You didn't like no. it and just because of the whole vulnerability factor. I, well, I think and like Trevor or like, you know, whenever we're hanging out and you're on this podcast, please understand you know, everyone has their own opinion. <laughs> I, I, I loved his first special. I, I absolutely loved it. And I only disliked Afraid of the Dark in comparison to that. And I thought it just got distracting with the act outs and things like that. You also don't like act outs. But like, that's just who you are and that's fine. Yeah. Listen. People well, like people like uh, George Lopez Gabriel because humor. I don't. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing about taste and like there's a he, thing people about like Jeff Dunham. I'm sorry, not cut you off. People fucking love Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham went to my college. He was trash. Yeah, dude, that's not good. Be smart. Listen, that's also the thing. I don't think people realize also like with any art, if you're writing it, you're creating it yourself. You're smart in some capacity. Yeah. Well, people are too. Doesn't pe doesn't always reflect what you put out, but. People love to grade people on their own metric of intelligence, right? Like, that's, like, the, the big thing. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, like, oh, how I perceive intelligence? Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson made a tweet. He said, human beings always do intelligent tests for animals on what we view as intelligent and never what they do as a species well. And I think that's the same with fucking people. Like, like people think you're smart if you read, like, certain books. And, like, me and Corey talked about it because, um... I don't know if you saw my Facebook book. I, I made, um, I was at the library one day before my trip to Texas. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to read novels and fiction books written by white people anymore. I've read enough. They're always, they're always boring. They don't catch my attention. And I told Corey, and then he's like, it's fine. And he, obviously he has his opinion, like, of the, why it's not good. And one of the reasons was, like, people are just not going to find you smart because most of the canon, it's called the canon, I think, you know. Canon, yeah. Canon. Of Western Mo thought, yeah. Mostly written by white people. So you could be fine, but just know that people aren't going to look at you, won't think you're, you're intelligent just because you don't read these canon books. Yeah, and they, well, what they are, are are signalers. Yeah. Right? Like, and it, here's the thing. And it, it doesn't matter if I read, like, there's so many better books than those canon books. I think, I, if you ever do get a chance, anybody, read The Sellout by Powell Something. That book is amazing. It apparently, apparently, someone told me apparently won, like, a bunch of awards for, like, satire and stuff like that. It's an amazing book. The Sellout? Yeah. By Powell Something. It's about, oh, I'm not going to tell the plot because I can't explain it properly. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a great book. The satire is amazing. It, it, the way it's written is so meticulous. It's every word has like intent and purpose. Mm. And there, I'm gonna put it this way, dude. I've learned more from fucking Star Wars books than I learned from most of the books I read in college. Just in terms of and I, I double major in philosophy and history. I think the source. Of, here's the thing. I I both agree and disagree with Corey. I think it's important to know those guys' names. I think it's important to know their concepts. I don't think it's important to read a lot of their books. I haven't read Dostoevsky. Well, I, I haven't read Tol Tolstoy. Well, Corey doesn't believe it. It's just the can That's the thing. The, and the, on the, he's like, the canon, people believe that. And what you're right, it's like... Yeah. And, 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 you don't learn nothing. 
Well, it's the signalers, right? Yeah. And it, it, this goes back to we were having a conversation before this podcast started about culture, right? Like, I was having some a comic has a bit about if anybody has a Mexican accent, I don't care if they're a rocket scientist, and I know they're a rocket scientist. I probably think they're dumber than me, and <laughs> yeah. and like it's messed up. He they used talking through his thoughts and emotions on stage, and I thought to myself, that's like really. True, and the same thing with some of the British accent. We have, right? yeah, we have this idea. We yeah, have, we. I'm out think. Yeah, when, with the British accent, it's the opposite. You, you could be talking to a complete idiot, but a British accent kind of covers up that because what we're using it through branding and stuff like that. And what I want to get back to is this: is humor. It like literally signals who's in your tribe. So they think like comedy emerged like back before clothing, and you needed to tell if there was a people that weren't in your tribe. And you, you know your tribe's kind of a big one. In order to see who is and who isn't in there, you crack a couple of jokes. And the people who aren't laughing either aren't at your status level or aren't in your tribe. And you do whatever the thing. And that's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, my God watched the Holocaust out a bit. Shit goes off and something. <laughs> Shit, like, people are like, oh my God, that is... I've seen it kill and bomb. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, and the more... You saw a bomb today. And, you know, you, you, we're in Pilsen. More than likely... Three fourths. Oh, we try to get gentrification bits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. start popping. No, I mean, well, to be fair, those weren't even like well developed bits no. either. But like, Pilsen doesn't play gentrification. No, it's a big thing going on right now. Well, honestly, and I'm gonna be real. Like, this is this is comes down to, and this is gonna sound messed up. For <laughs> for for gentrification, I I think older people, there should be something worked out where people older people living in a neighborhood who've never been able to afford like actual real estate get grandfathered in or something like that or there's a replacement program for them in that area so they can still think but younger people i think it comes down to how much value are you communicating and how much value dude when was the last time you heard someone getting shot in a event in a gentrified neighborhood uh um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back uh in the Carmichael show, they have an episode about gentrification, and they're like, they one of the reasons they explained gentrification was like using um Pretty Woman, I think it was, mm-hmm. but I I think it was Pretty Woman where like the whole plot of the movie is like uh this Julia Roberts character yeah. is like a whore, and then someone someone was like, I'm gonna make you better for mm-hmm. society. That's basically what gentrification is. They yeah. see potential in this in this whore slut and tries to bring them up to their class. Yep, that's what gentrification and make, is, and make money. You just, you, listen, yeah, because that's what gentrification. It's there's the gentrification makes dangerous neighborhoods more safer. Yeah, that's it. You can't and you can't argue that it's statistically proven. It's statistically proven and and it's sad because no matter what progress for somebody, I don't believe all the way in zero sum game, but there's a lot of zero sum elements. Progress for some people means detriment to others. Of course. And if you don't realize the value of what you have early. Someone will take it or it won't apply. It's just like good looks. You, here's the thing. It's like, you're a good-looking guy. I'm a good-looking guy. We're not, we're not, as my dad said, son, you know the sad thing about you is that you're, you're good-looking enough to play the game, but you're not good-looking enough to win at it. <laughs> and that's, that's just the flat honest truth. I, I am good-looking enough to where if I dated any girl, no one's going to be like, I don't see why she's with him. But... <laughs> Most girls that I want to date, most of her friends would be like, she could do better. <laughs> and that, and like, this is the thing. The beauty of comedy is that I can explore that very dark feeling with myself, right? Mm. A lot of people don't realize, like, if you don't, if you don't know how to make yourself laugh and play those things, 
Then you, it, you, you literally, you can't, you can't explore the darkness within you. Right. And everyone's so serious. Like I was telling, um, I don't know if I talked about this on the last podcast about sadness, but um, I, 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 I got like, I went to a party a few weeks ago. Have I told you the story? No. About a month ago, a month and a half. Actually, a month, month and a uh, month and seven days ago. Um, I went to a party. This girl I had a crush on invited me out, and you know, who's always been really flirty with me and stuff like that. And I get there, she's super excited to see me. And then um, during the party, um, I realized that, um, you know, um, I see her interacting with all these other guys. Thing, and then I realized that um, I'm a com- I'm a fuck boy, <laughs> like you know, and 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 that she's interacting with them all the same way. And like this is oh, let's not even talk about yeah, flirty women. Yeah, yeah, no, so many no, no, no. of them broke my heart. Yeah, yeah. But that's but, just the way it is. Listen, and, 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 it's, I guess it's our fault for thinking well, that, like the flirt men. Well, anyway, so here here's Sorry, the thing: is number one, I was really drunk at the time, right? And so, like, me and Ali had uh, finished, I want to say, two thirds of a bottle of whiskey in like forty minutes, and in shots. This is back when I was drinking a couple weeks ago. And um, so I was there, and when I saw that, I, I, I wasn't shook up all the way, but then a German guy at the party was like, You're black! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he actually come up to you and said it like that? That's We're white. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, and so, like, this got me, in, and I, I'm still okay, you know, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm kind of in a weird mood, you know, so I leave, I get an Uber, I call it. I call it to come back. I get home and I see a girl I dated on Facebook Messenger. So I call her. Like this back, way back, you know? She doesn't answer. <laughs> way back months ago. Yeah, yeah. No, way back like um, like college. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, oh, you guys go way back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. And, um, and she doesn't answer. And I burst into tears. <laughs> I burst into tears. I start, I start crying. And I, I like, because like, in that moment, I really felt that... um. I, um, even though I've, I've had lots of sex, even though I have had lots of romantic engagement, I've never felt truly desired. And I felt incredibly lonely oh. and sad. And, like, here's the thing, though. As I'm tearing up, a voice comes up in the back of my head and says, Aw, you sad, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> you living on the 43rd floor of your apartment <laughs> and you're sad with two parents that love you and zero college debt? Oh, man. Life is tragic. <laughs> and I burst out laughing. Yeah. And I start laughing while crying. Yeah. And it was one of the most... Because ther- I actually needed... Uh, here, here's the thing. is like Sometimes you it, need to cry. Yeah, and, and I'm, uh, that experience for me, I, like, I cried, I let it all out. I, I knew that, like, you know, those, it wasn't just that I was drunk. Those, the, the alcohol created the space for that emotion to come out. Because sometimes I hide in comedy. Sometimes it, comedy is our shield, man. It like, like, it's a coping mechanism. Yep. I went in a behavioral hospital. One thing they asked is a coping mechanism. For like, and what's that? And what, one of the examples they use is humor. Sometimes you use humor to deflect it. Yep. Like, you, you, you sometimes, like, uh, what's it called? You expose some personal stuff, but you shield it in a joke. And people are like, ah, oh, he's probably just joking. Yep. It's a half way of doing it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not bad. And it actually helps you. And it, it, but it also helps you recover. Mm-hmm. So I think you need moments where you let that emotion out. But then you also use comedy... To, to recover Your story was perfect You're yeah. like Listen I don't feel desire Stuff yeah, then, yeah. And then And then and, and then yeah then Since you're a comedian You use your humor As a couple of days And then it's like Oh you sad Yeah 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 Look at all the questions and, and, and But like What humor allows you to do Is What I intuitively did Was create context And I think What a lot of comedians Great comedians are do Is we're able to create context Out of nothing 
we're, we're able, we are the most minimalist, I think, performers. Number one, I think about this, dude. So you all have. All we need is a mic. And, all we need is a mic. If, if anything, just. A, well, you don't need a mic, you can yell. All you need is an tentative crowd. All you need, that's it. And I, like, I, Hamilton is right across the street from Chicago Theater, right? Okay. Hamilton. Each stage production costs probably thousands of dollars with paying this, understudies that. Blah, well, I didn't even talk about like the like the about the union. Yeah, all all that crap, and they 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 do that to to entertain just as many people as Louis C.K. with a mic, mm-hmm. and that to me is truly profound, and and that's all we need, and that's why people don't respect us, and that's why people respect us a ton. Because, like, the gap is is whenever you do it well, people are like, I could never. And when you do it poorly, people are like, I could definitely do that. Uh, that's actually, yeah. You know? That also, because, I don't know, comedy is seen as a court jest, I think. It's just a bunch of clowning. Yeah. And people don't realize that most of the time, a stand-up comic is probably, like, usually the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Not oh. the smartest, at least the most self-aware. Because uh, uh, that's what stand-up is. Like, it's a... The purest form of expression is self-exploration. You- I, I think that comedians, club co- comedy, most of the time, is the court jester. Look at me, laugh at me, I'm a weirdo, this, that. What I, my dad asked me, he was like, son, are you trying to be a, com- one day you're going to have to pick whether you want to be a comedian or a philosopher. And I told him I'm going to be both. Because to me, that's the only way I want to do it. I don't want... I want, when I do my comedy, people to be... I want people not only to be moved, but people to leave changed. And I think it allows you to explore those ideas. And I think, but club comedy, yeah, you're just a gesture. You're just like a simple fun thing to do right before the big thing. Oh my God, you were so funny. That that that's a that's okay. It's like it's like it's one thing better than saying your hair is nice. It's it's well, it's like whatever you want out of it. Like, yeah. Like you said, some people just want to be funny and just so you and I want more of that. And it's harder, and it's more painful, and and it's more self exploration. It's you gotta dig like I'm like for me to become a better comic. I know I gotta read more books. I gotta yep. like listen to lectures. Like like you told me one yeah. time. Still haven't done it, but. But you know it's, it's on your it's list. In there. <laughs> yeah, and eventually that idea is going to make sense enough to you, mm-hmm. right? And when when you do them, it's it's this thing. It's like the, I did the exact same thing. I was like, dude, I hate. I didn't hate my material last year until I hated it, and then I was like, and I had a lot of the tools from before, but I'm having my ideas now are so much more robust than they were in the past, and my ideas and philosophies about life have become so much more robust from being a comedian, you know. And so I think it's just like I don't know, man. I think, I think, because uh, I remember we talked about this, because you did my show, and, you, and this was, a, you also said, like, your own material is more to please other people. You're like, yeah. you wrote, like, I, this is going to make other people laugh. Yeah. And now you're just like. Am I my own fan? At every step of the way, I ask myself that. that, that that's, that's my indicator. Am I, is my taste my, my taste? And, like, like that's it. Like, basically, if you are your own fan, you're in the right direction. That's the interesting thing about art, too. You got to, one, make. You you have to find this balance of making what you want, but at the same time making what other people want. Yeah. Like for example, I I you, I don't know if you listen to Two Chains. No. 
but he his new uh, he has a new album called Pretty Girl Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. Mm-hmm. And he and he explained the title. He knows he knows what he knows what his fan base expects from him. Yeah, trap music, and he but but he wants to like bro. Yeah, he wants to do he wants to kind of do more than quote unquote trap music, and that's what he's gonna do with his next album. But it's just, again, it goes about self aware. Like I want to do something else, but I know what my fans expect from me. So so pretty much like trap music. It's like. Basically, just trying to like please them before I do stuff that I want to do. Yeah. And grow, and just hope that my fans come with you. Don't yeah, come with me or don't hang me for you or just be like, all right, whatever. At least we have pretty girls like chat music. Exactly. Well, here here's the thing is, I think part of the benefit for me and I've talked to Clay about this is that neither of us were funny right away. So when you're when you're not super funny right away, if I, the worst thing that could happen to someone as a young comedian is that initially who you are is really funny because you're just gonna do that kind of shit forever mm-hmm. but whenever dude whenever like shit sucks you're just gonna keep exploring and you don't have that much to fucking lose and so I think it's way harder if you build up a brand right let's say Carlos let's say Gabriel Iglesias right builds up this massive empire of comedy right and then he says you know what I'm gonna start doing comedy about existential nihilism you think any of those people are going to come with him. <laughs> His agent's going to drop him. All these other shit. Like, I mean, he'll have the platform. He'll recover. But it's going to be a way bigger pain. I'm getting ready to make a YouTube video about this. About, like, the ghost of our... Basically, we are constantly and eternally mourn, mourning the death of who we could have been. Okay. And that what causes us a majority of our pain isn't actually the bad thing that happens in our life. But us assessing all the losses that have gained because we weren't able to have to secure the thing. And I think, like, in that situation, you're going to, like, tangibly see, like, I am making this much less money because I'm making this kind of artistic turn. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. So, not because of Cyrus. What did you say before that though? Anyway, no, I think like what same thing happened to Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. right? Like his first half of his career is him trying to be like Bill Cosby. He was doing these big casino things. Yep. And then he said, well, the story how he says it, uh, Bill Dean or some the singer from the Rat Pack that was not Frank Sinatra, the other famous one. Okay. He said that he saw himself through his eyes, and he just saw, and he didn't like basically what he was. And then he had to start, he went all the way to San Francisco to find his style, right? The, the style that we know about him now. Yeah. And then he, it's up on Netflix right now, uh, Richard Pryor Live and Smoking. It's yeah. 1971, it's still around that time where he started going to his material. And Where he, he picks his nose? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was big on the, he was big on that uh, on that stage when he was doing the Bill Cosby material so they had him back and people expected him to do that same thing but he was doing what we know more prior yeah and people and that's why you, he basically bombed if we look at that he, it's not good no he, he definitely bombed that's that cause people expected it's different and also at the same time it still wasn't there but that same material San Francisco he was killing yep and and, and you, you 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 have to basically borrow confidence from your future in that moment as a comedian. I think you just got to trust yourself that you're going to get there. Well, yeah, like you said, yeah, that 
the future you is going to yeah. work out. It's work it out. Work out. Yeah. Everything. I, I tell people like this. Uh, it, it's a lot of times in life, you know, we worry about like what we're going to do in the future. We think about like having this massive plan. And you're young, Luis. You're what? 19? 20? 20. 20. And you're 20 years old. And, you know, a lot of times people are probably coming to you. You need to plan this or that. And then you realize you've never known what you're going to say in a sentence until you say it. Yet somehow almost every sentence comes out fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's what people don't realize is self-trust is basically opening your mouth and trusting that you'll bait. Yeah. It might not always be the prettiest sense, but you get it out. And also life doesn't care about your plan. Like, no. growing up, did we, we both didn't think we were going to do stand-up. No. You tried stand-up once, you quit, mm-hmm. you were on an airplane, and bathroom. Cranked one out. You were like, this is funny. Yeah. and then, I'm gonna, I should talk about this all day. And that took a while for me to, if I didn't watch this guy, Carrie and Lust YouTube video where he posted him doing stand-up, would have never done it. Really? Again. Yeah. Oh, man. And then I get up, go, bomb, and then perform the next day. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, and then that's it. Life is a lot more unromantic than we make it out to be. Yeah. Um, like, and me is like, this is going to be weird. I've, I've said this only in Tommy's post when he said, why, why do you think you deserve to be famous? And my answer was like, when I was like seven or eight years old, I, I don't remember. I just remember I was listening. I had the like 50 cents first album. I was listening to it and, or I was, in, I it doesn't matter what I was listening to. I know it, it was around that time. And I had this idea. I had this feeling like. Whatever I'm going to do in the future is going to reflect around my voice, mm. around my ideas and personal thoughts. Like, I'm going to, if not change the world, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And now it's stand-up. That's the vehicle. Yeah. There you go, the vehicle. Yeah, the vehicle is stand-up because, like you said, like we've said, it's about perspective, it's about thoughts, it's about ideas. And it becomes about you. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's not like an actor where it's about your role. It's about basically what you have to say but here's the cool thing is like one of the reasons i also chose stand-up is because it makes all these other things available i write all the time i'm gonna write a novel i'm yeah or i'm going to write i've written novellas i've written screenplays but i'm going to (laughs) moving forward i'm gonna write a bunch and like comedians there's a huge access point between comedians and writing Mm -hmm. you know i want to rap dude like, you know, a lot of you are like... I've, uh, that's how I started writing. Yeah, Listen. Yeah, I've, That's how I started... All right, so... You heard my story, right? It's, yeah, it you start... Not to cut you off, because yeah, that's go, the same go. thing. When I first started doing stand-up... All right, so... I wanted to rap. Halfway through, like, sophomore year, I was like, that's not what I really want to do. I want to be more behind the scenes, like, executive produce, put the things together. Try to executive produce, like, two of my friends who wanted to be rappers, but they weren't taking it serious. Hit a loot. Uh, junior year, I took creative writing. And this is funny. So the first day of creative writing, right? Because you and me are similar as far as like our stories about girls and yeah. like that kind of this thing. So we took creative writing class, and this girl I had a crush on since eighth, since seventh grade. She's right there. She's like we're taking the same class. And in my head, I'm like, oh, see, the, I was, I was like, this is a fate. This is destiny. We're supposed to be yeah. in this class together. No, through creative writing, uh, I performed the spoken. I did this. Uh, we saw this documentary called Louder Than a Bomb. Uh, the teacher was like, oh, one of the people there, they, they're they part of this uh, nonprofit called Teen Writers and Artists Project. 
teen writers and artists project. They come to schools, they do a like writing workshop, and they and they could do like a performance in an auditorium, and and we're like and, and we set it up right. They're gonna come and perform, uh, fourth seventh period, and someone in the class asked, "Yo, can I perform?" And he and the teacher was like, "Yeah," and I was like. Man, this dude is whack. I could. Ah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, if this dude is gonna go up and perform, I could go up and perform. Yeah. And so yeah, my first time ever performing was uh this uh spoken word piece about ten muses called the ten ten muses because you know how there's nine muses. Yeah. And it was just based on how my whole life, who I am, who I shaped out to be, was because of, of women who inspired me or like molded me. Mm. So that's what it was about. And I did that piece, and I just was stuck in performing. I was like, oh, I want to perform. Yeah. But it's not going to be spoken word, because that was the only good piece I had. I'm like, yeah. I peaked. Yeah. So I got to do something else. And I did stand-up, and I was like, and, and then I was like, and then, you know, because we all had that thought, like, why are people going to listen to me? Why should, or why am I going to do stand-up? And it's like, yeah, I'm already a good writer. I had this perspective. I'm funny, like, and I'm just like, what's going on? And I feel like, and I always felt like stand-up was truth. I don't know when, I don't know how, you, what's your history with stand-up? So the like when I up. so it's funny that you say stand up is truth and also I'm so glad you didn't keep doing spoken word because spoken word is lame, <laughs> lame. All right, it's bad poetry mixed with emotion. Uh, <laughs> when it's done bad, it's like improv. When it's done bad, when it's yeah, not yeah, good, yeah. yeah. The, poli- <laughs> the police are coming. <laughs> plop, plop. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, I'm um, not gonna bash. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bash other art forms. I bash improv too. Um, um, my first time thinking about becoming so I used to hate the idea of stand-up comedy and then I watched Aziz special in college and I was like this is really funny but then I didn't really think about it I started watching Louis show it came out on Netflix and I watched the whole season of it one day and felt super depressed <laughs> I, I, I did I, I felt I felt so sad but there was a scene and have you watched all the Louis episodes no I've seen pieces when it was on FX so there's an episode where his friend wants to commit suicide and his friend uh it shows a flashback his friend comes back into town is an unsuccessful comedian you know louis is louis you know and his friend's like hey um it shows a flashback to him and louis and louis gets called to go on the tonight show he's like look dude i just got called to go on the tonight show and he's like um that's cool and he's like why aren't you happy for me he's like dude i thought we were in this to find truth and I never like thought about it stand up in that context until that. And I was like, I want to do an open mic. Mm-hmm. So the first time I ever did an open mic was in Austin, Texas, right? Which it, which has a good scene now. I don't know when when you first started. Yeah, it was I was just, there a couple weeks ago. It has a good scene. Did you see Zach Brooks out there? Uh, no. Okay, Zach Brooks is my roommate. He's like one of the biggest comics there. He's a roommate in uh, college. But anyway, he, he has a bit about Jesus and Crocs. Um, okay. Anyway, um, he. Uh, I get there and I do I do a set at this coffee shop that usually just gets music performers. I have a pretty good set, like uh, you know. Oh, the first set is always hot. Yeah, the first set's hot. <laughs> what about that second set? The second set was at Reed's, and um, I, I tried. I did Reed's like twice here in that year, and then it was like bombed both the times. I was like, I'm never doing comedy again. <laughs> and then yeah. um, and then I had the incident where I masturbated on the plane, and I was like, I need to try this on stage, and then. That was it, mm-hmm. you know. And <laughs> here we are. Here we are, and like that. I want to do a bit about the butterfly effect, about how like the fact you guys are listening to me right now. Get this, like because I I masturbated on a plane flying from Hong Kong to Chicago. Yeah. 
I think about that a lot too. I'm like, the reason I'm here is because my dad cheated on my mom. Yeah, right. Like, and and like I had no one to talk to, and like that just affected me, and like affected my interpersonal relationships. And here we are. It, That's part of the reason I wrote that poem. I was like, I was hoping, like how you wrote the script plays. I wrote that poem. I was like, listen, these girls are gonna be the, the, the certain the, the girls I'm talking about. Like I, I want to be there, gonna be there, and then yeah. they're gonna talk to me after, and then. They don't care. This fantasy? Yeah. Exactly. Dude, this is the thing. Is stand up is, stand up is the first thing I've done where it's more just, just for you, myself. Exactly. Than it, I don't care about the external things. It's no. just, this is what I'm going to do. And to me, I've even said goodbye to a lot of that shit because of stand up. I don't, I don't, I'm, my relationships outside of stand up are gone. Like, you know, and it's just because the opportunity cost, partially also the Chicago, I just don't blend with the girls here. But also, comedy's kind of made me less relatable. Like, I just can't, I, like, 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 I was always on the edge, but now I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like, um, but like, here, here's the thing I'll tell a lot of people, a lot of people try to be interesting so girls will like them and they're trying to backwards rationalize it too much. A girl will like you and then find the most painfully boring things about you interesting. Like, it, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 you don't have to earn to be interesting, right? Like, I've, ser- I've heard girls describe the most basic dude, right? Like, oh, my God, yeah, his, 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 his parents, like, you know, they live in the suburbs. And he has, like, a, a brother who also went to college. Oh, what did he major in? He majored in um, in accounting. Um, accounting. Yeah. You know, it's just like... Yo, what you guys do together? Oh, we watch Netflix. He's so funny, you know. And like, like, and like, I have a new joke, you guys, where I'm talking about like how. <laughs> hey guys, quick update. Yeah, no. I, well, it's it's about how my script is way cooler than the girls I date script on the thing, and it's just I, I am I'm cooler than them. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. And I, honestly, it's gonna be that's I'm opening the next Jim Hustle show. Oh, dude, Rebecca O'Neill's headlining, and um. Oh, that's gonna be hot. I'm going up right before her, and she's gonna hate my set. And I, I'm I'm loving it. I'm gonna, I, I I hope she likes it. You know, but I think she's gonna hate it, especially that feminist joke. Oh man, I was I I, I, mean, I think that was a joke I didn't like. I was like, ugh. Oh, like, but overall, like that's the thing. I I, I usually like yourself because yeah. it's interesting and it's funny. And that's also the thing about well, most importantly, be interesting. And I know we talk. Yeah, and funny. I, I'm glad you said that made your reaction because that's kind of how I felt the audience reaction would be. Well, I'm gonna keep the downloading like. Like, so I'm down, I, the joke is about me having a robot wife, and um, I get into this idea of, like, downloading apps into my wife. Oh, yeah, like, she's able to play chess, World of Warcraft. So oh, feminist? Nah. That, yeah. And then, but then I'm like, yeah, because I don't want a wife that's easily offended. Yeah, that, and, that's where I was like, oh. uh, Yeah, because I, I met people that, that would be pull away, and I think it's kind of unnecessary. That's immediately <laughs> what I thought in my head. Um, wait, 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 what's unnecessary? The reaction of the fact, or just feminism? No, no, I'm keeping the feminism part. No, no, but no, but you said it's unnecessary. The That's unnecessary part. Unnecessary. The unnecessary part is that I don't want a wife who's easily offended. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, cause I, I just um. Because cause then you're just saying a bunch of feminists are just like offended over it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's gonna take people. It, it's not gonna help me. My problem on stage, y'all. If you haven't realized, I'm not likable. I started my set today. It was actually starting off good. I'm like, yeah, I get late. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's also a funny likability and how likability plays into, into stand-up. Mm-hmm. You, I remember, you're, you're a likable person on stage. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but then you, you turn that shit off. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, I'm likable, but like now I'm about to say like this awful stuff. How do you, your parents feel about some of the stuff you said about them and your stuff? Um, well, one, my mom doesn't like it just because he's like talk about. It. I don't know how my dad feels because my dad, I, because I wrote this in a status, right? 
feel like my mom, her whole family and her are very angry. And my, I, my, I don't know much about my dad's family, but my dad's very silly. Mm-hmm. And when you combine those two, that's stand-up, right? Being yeah. angry and silly at the same time. So I don't know how my dad feels. He, I just, I remember one time he was like, listen, if you have to make joke about us to be funny, then you're not funny. No. But, but I don't know if that's how he really feels. I think well, that's just... Frustrated? I, huh? No, it's not frustrated because he... He he's like me. He likes to get a rise out of people, so he says things just to get a rise. Yeah. Like my mom and dad sometimes just say things to me because they know I get a rise, because mm-hmm. they know I'm gonna get upset at it. So that's the thing. I don't know how to feel, but I generally know my mom doesn't like when I make jokes about her. Yeah. And that's like what's about material. I, I did the commencement address in my high school in May, and why were you in Texas, by the way? Uh, cause uh, my uh, uh my uh, a close friend of mine moved to Texas, so okay. I went in visiting him. Do you fly? And yeah. Of course. Uh, what? I was about to say. I Fucking flew spirit like an idiot. Yeah. Because, <laughs> 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 because, yeah, because me and my dad's like, oh, $100, that looks cheap. And then when you add all the hidden fees, oh. my dad was like, what it cost us here would have been, would have cost the same thing if we flew United and they would have given us the, like, uh, a carry-on. Yep. For free. And you had to pay for what? Your check-in and that? Yeah, check-in, seat, carry-on, fucking seat. Terrible experience. Yeah, it's spirit. It's a... And one thing, I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off, because like, the person next to me, like on the flight to there, was asking for water, and they're like, oh, no, that cost $3. But if you want, we, we, we could give you ice. That's free. <laughs> ah, wait for that to melt. That's funny. That <laughs> yeah, that's a big one to say. You could wait for it to melt. That's some slave shit. <laughs> but I know a lot of people have been doing that, because... I feel like it's a lot where they have to give you water, but I, what, what I've noticed now, a lot of businesses have like sidestepped that and just giving you ice, because mm. it's because it's still gonna hydrate you. Yeah, it's weird. if you're like if you're like dying and shit, like yeah. you'll be like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I always think about this man. It's like how lucky we are, man. Uh, like there are pharaohs who've never seen ice. You hear that? Like, <laughs> like dude, this dude can like enslave an entire race of people, build a pyramid, can't put ice in his drink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's never had a cold drink in his life. Not once, dude. I, I think about, I, I take a shit, and it goes somewhere. Like, <laughs> I don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, I, like, dude, like, I, I've taken a warm shower. Like, do you know, like, do you know how many times, like, they were, like, people been getting bathed in the past, like, man, what would make this great if this is, like, a little bit warm? Dude, we're in that perfect pitch. I don't, like, the, one of the reasons why I don't know my dad's family, because they fucking, they don't, well, I mean, now they do when I visited them. They had to get water from a fucking thing in the bathroom. And yeah, I'm like, that shit. I'm not gonna do that shit. Yeah, that third world shower. Yeah, hey, I was born in fucking America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a shower in how it's supposed to be done. The hot bosses. water from a heater. Yeah, hot water. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking take a bucket and just poop by myself. No, I like that. I like the bucket feel. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've done the bucket thing in Malaysia and stuff. Um, yeah, but it's completely different. And like that, to me, that like we. Think about this, man. You can listen to your favorite song when that artist isn't even in town. Like, mm-hmm. get that, bro. I don't even like going to concerts. Dude. I went to a Little B concert. Fucking, I noticed I didn't like it because as soon as Little B came out, it just turned into a mosh pit. We were like this. Yeah. He came out. People just started pushing us. I hate when this shit happened. It was just like awful. I was like, you know what? Not going to do that anymore. Last concert I was supposed to go to was with that German girl. She flaked me an hour before, bro. At extra fucking. I, I was. What so... concert was it? A bonobo. I don't know that. Uh, it's uh, 
I guess it's like electronic. Yeah, music. It's okay. like real. I'm mixed with like saxophone and stuff. He's actually talented. Not like <laughs> not like like you know like it's like yeah. and um yeah um and I saw another one of my friends who also got flaked by his date. There's an epidemic of flaking. There's a flake epidemic. Well, that goes back to just because there's options like with Tinder and Bumble and shit. Well, not even that. Dude, I want to do a bit about this about how like you gonna pee? No, oh, check on your phone. Uh, I want to do a bit about how, like, <laughs> you now, you know, the if your dad, if your mom is a lot more attractive than your dad, it's because your mom didn't have Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, 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 that's the thing. It's like, I'm sure there's a bunch of girls who would have gone on dates with me, but, like, they were like, you know... This, uh... It's like, this is the best I could do for right now. Yeah. But, yeah, like, they have six channels on the television. <laughs> it's like, the, um, it's like, um, in the Carmichael 8, when he talks about his, gra- like, he, when he talks about his grandma, mm-hmm. it's like, listen, like, you're, the reason your grandpa, your grandpa, your grandma's with your grandpa, because his family, her family was like, you gotta get married, mm-hmm. he met, and he met your grandpa, uh, in a mechanic, he's like, he's a mechanic, I could build a family around that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he got married. But here's the thing, is that, like... I think the issue with a lot of girls is that they have so many options that they don't realize that... I think that's both men and women, but proceed. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I think, um, they, number one, men and women's options aren't mirrored at all. That's Especially true. young. For fa- okay, yeah. that's true. Especially on, like, dating apps. I'll probably let you finish your statement yeah. before yeah. I uh, um, On dating apps is because, um, I mean, have you ever seen a, a fat chick use <laughs> Tinder? <laughs> Bro, they fucking crush, bro. Like, and it, it's just the thing is, it's uh, that men are just more thirsty. Whereas, That's like, uh, and- I was, I was wanting to do this up down control. Yeah. I, I was wanting to do this social experiment because I have black friends. Yeah, they don't do well on Tinder. Nah, they're very listen. They're attractive people. Yeah. I've I've seen women like when they see them like oh, but for some reason it doesn't work on Tinder. And like I also want to make a social experiment, just me creating it, just to see. If I'm more successful as, as a white dude, oh, it, just well, I'm not white, but just as a non-black person. Yeah, well, but so, then I, and then and then I saw in a party Adam Kozlov, he was talking about he does getting ten match. I was like, okay, maybe this might not work out. Well, this is the thing is um, shout out to Adam Kozlov. Is Tinder uh, works on what I call familiarity bias. So the reason why a lot of black, <laughs> people, uh, so like you, generally most girls on Tinder are gonna go with what they're familiar with, but that, that's why I guess. That's what anything. Um, like um, like when you create a TV show, they take it to Las Vegas to. It's it's called something. Okay. And, uh, I, someone talked about how you don't want your show to test well. There you go. They take it for testing. Yeah. And you don't want you don't want your show to test well, because if it tests well, it just means it's very familiar. Because people like what they're familiar to. Exactly. They, they just like, oh, you know, it's like this. And so, like, I, I want to do a bit about how uh, white guys are, are, like, polo. You know, it might not fit you right, but none of your friends are going to make fun of you for wearing it. You know, and, like, here I am. I'm, like, a, like some weird Indian black brand. You have, number one, no idea how it's going to fit. Uh, and <laughs> might smell weird. Might like <laughs> you, 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 you don't know it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I thought I fell back in the chair, but this shit reclined. Yeah, and um, and so, so privileged. <laughs> what? You have a chair that reclines, dude. My my friend, actually speaking of India, my friend who or uh, I was dating coaching him. He got like randomly not deported, but his visa didn't get renewed, so he had to leave in like a week. And um, oh, that happened to two comedians. Yeah, they visa didn't work. Who? Delivered, uh, 
rice and and rice and spillane. Okay, cool. That's why they that's why they left because um well I don't know why John I think some of his visa but Michael Rice he was here on a uh, on a working visa and his company didn't want to renew it so he had to go. I, yeah. I, it was something like that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to have a con. That's how conversation works. Yeah, that's yeah. how I see people work. They say something, but anyway. Yeah. So he yeah, got the, it, his visa wasn't. So yeah. So leave. so he gave me that chair. Oh. <laughs> um. Um. Now that we've got gone back, because I see you're a privilege. Do you ever feel like that affect? Like, how do you think that affects your comedy, and and your perspective? I guess. I do. Well, like, here's the thing: is um, I think uh, like so. If you guys don't know, I I come from a wealthy background. I'm a spoiled kid. I'm not. I'm spoiled, but I'm not a brat. I call my parents a lot. Love them loads. But um, I I I, I think this is it. Is that I, I've gotten a perspective of you have a unique perspective, which is why yeah. Which is I think has, my perspective has a lot to do with my education and growing up in multiple different cultures more so than I think my privilege, which is a privilege, but like wealth privilege. But. But I think your experience also comes... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I think this is also the thing is... I think... I'm also in America as a minority, so I still feel like a nigga. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, that's... At, at the end of the day, I... Well, I just meant more of an experience. Like, you say you're, you're... You're tight with your parents. Yeah. Growing up, how often did you see your parents? All the time. Except for my dad. Well, yeah. Well, because he's a lawyer. Well, that's also... That yeah. throws a wrench in what I'm trying to say, too. Cool. But, but your mom was always around, right? Yeah. My, I barely saw my mom and dad because they had to work Man. just to make sure I can enjoy the things that I enjoy. Like, cause I, cause I commute from Elgin every day. That's expensive. The month we passed. Now that my brother graduated high school, I can't use the student discount. So now we we're, we're gonna go from paying one forty to two forty. Holy shit! Is that much more? Yeah. I didn't know it was that much more coming from the metro. That they're making bank monthly, no, but that's monthly. Yeah, that's if, so if I if I took daily, it'd be way more. But yeah, and because it, it and it gets more expensive. Like when I first took the metro, without or without the without the discount for one way, it was like seven twenty five. Now it's just eight dollars. Oh one my way. gosh, for one man. And you got to buy the fucking one way back. That's sixteen. Just that's sixteen in Chicago. And all these things. And even before that, right? To enjoy the nice PlayStation I have. AC. Glasses. Glasses. Your Idaho sh- hoodie. Well, this is my dad's. I, he, he never wore it, and I just like it because of the gem. Because I like, I watch this show called Steven's Universe. Hulu Netflix! That's... So they, they work hard just to enjoy these nice things. Yeah. And I barely see them. You barely... Damn. And... So, and I don't know how I feel. Because, um, what's it called? Because I have a friend who has a child. Who has a baby, mm. and and like we all talk about, like you know what, like and he talks about how that baby would rather have spent time with him than have all these nice things, than have all these nice things, right? And I, and to me, well, I think also because I'm older now, I'd rather just have the nice things than the time, but that's also just because we never had time, so I wouldn't appreciate the time, and I feel like also you're twenty. It's weird, and yeah, I'm twenty. It's, I have this weird unique I have this weird perspective on things and you're, you're, and, you're still 20 and if my parents die I don't know what I'll do then I don't know and maybe I'll regret not spending time with I don't know how I feel well, about these well, things well the thing is it's like you're always gonna I'm just have, rambling well you're, you're always gonna have a regret and you're always gonna miss out on something 
Uh, number hey, one, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's it. Like whenever someone's like, "Oh, but I won't be able to do this," I'm like, "Dude, n- you you will almost you will never get to do ev- almost everything." Like yeah. that, that. you always sacrifice one thing, right? Yeah. Like 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 you said, like uh, like you said, like you're doing stand up where you could focus on being a lawyer, yeah, and yeah. you could make all this money. Nah, dude, we're gonna replace with robots. <laughs> let, let, let's, listen, listen, uh, let's just robot outside. Uh, let's just say you make all this money, right? Yeah, and now you're doing stand up. You're not gonna make as much money, but you're gonna, but that but what what you gain is happiness. Exactly. Well, also, like I'm not. This, this isn't just like some like like artistic like thing. I think I can make way more money as a stand-up than I can as a lawyer at the ceiling because um, I work harder than most stand-up comedians. I just this is the thing is like there are, is a talent component of stand-up, but how many comedians are fucking lazy? <laughs> it, it just like a lot, like a lot of people. A lot of people have a lot of success barriers. You know where a, an industry where there's not a lot of people who are lazy, the law. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're, they're like doctors, I, lawyers. Yeah. yeah, there are people who work thirty four hundred hours in a year, like, and that's just to make at the bottom of the ladder. What time is your train? Ten forty. What time is it? Ten fifteen. I think ten twenty five. Yeah, we we we'll do we'll do ten more minutes. You guys want ten more minutes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that synchronized stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. So like for me, it's just kind of like I'm not gonna be able to outwork most of these lawyers. I don't mean to talk mess on like comedians' work ethic entirely. Like they're, the people at the top definitely work hard, but a lot of people just don't. They don't. They even in lawyers, like Nick probably works harder than you. At this lawyer stuff, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like when, like when, when he will stop doing stand up to study as a lawyer. You would never that. You're like, yeah, well, that, that's I'm also because Nick is talented and <laughs> he he can afford to take breaks because God loves him more than. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Um, uh, we we uh we had our show at Annoyance uh the week before he had a show at Annoyance, right? And um, our show I had a really good set there. And the next week, Nick had his set show, and he had a really good set. Uh, the only difference was uh, there was someone from Kevin Hart and Louis C.K.'s uh, agency in the audience. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's, if you wanted to know, that, hey, that's, that's how you know God loves. That, and then that's why you always got to work hard. The opportunity is like always, you know, there's some comments like, oh, like, oh, there's some comedians. Like, I don't know why I, should, why I do all these open mics, why I go up. It's like, so you're prepared. So you're prepared. So you, grew, so you put that work ethic. Put in that time. Well, here's the thing. If I didn't go for 367 days, I, me and Brendan would have never gotten close enough to where he's picking me as a... We're doing alternating shows, but he picked me as the other dude who's going up on the thing. Like, that bonded us together. The thing is, you don't know about all the opportunities you're potentially missing out on. All right. Like, that's why, for me, moving to New York makes sense, because I don't even know the opportunities I'm missing out on. I just don't. I've been here... And- yeah, I, I've been here. There's only so many opportunities that's gonna happen for me here. I look around. I look around for people who've been here for five, six years, and like at where I'm at or farther, and I'm like, well, they're not where I want to be. Let me get into the city. I like where I'm gonna have more stuff that maybe things can happen. You know, part of the strategy going with you. Yeah, and at the end of the day, man, I felt this is gonna sound sad to to the audience. <laughs> Cause Louis doesn't give a fuck. No, well, I, 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 yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I, Louis, you you become a lot kinder, you know. <laughs> you you have, um, but uh, I felt like invisible in Chicago the last seven eight months, you know, just like just like a just a disgusting nobody, you know. And um, and I'm, when I went to New York, man, there were so many cute chicks checking me out, 
I made out with a millionaire, and um, it was like, yeah, millionaire woman for all you sexists who thought it was a man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and it was just like I don't know. Also, it's twenty seventeen. You could be bisexual. What? Yeah. But I mean, but that was way funnier. I'm, I'm yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> I know that was way funnier. Um, but you know, and like, but that's because you're a fresh face there. Well, no, it's also because it's a city filled with people similarly situated to me. Everybody here is pretty much from other Midwestern places. I'm from, a, yeah. I, yeah, and honestly, you're not going to fit in all the way here. Until I you, don't feel like I fit in, but that's the thing. I've never felt like I fit in anywhere. Well, that, and then I'm going to tell you. That, I, I feel like I fit more in stand-up than I've done anywhere else in my life, but even then. Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel the exact same way, and I'm going to tell you. like New York is like a fit. It's like a city filled with people who didn't fit in anywhere else, so they all came together in this massive place. And, dude, you're just confronted with so many people who are killing it. Like, dude, he, he, how many how many Ivy League graduates do you talk to on a regular basis? How many people do you know from Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Princeton? Zero. Zero. You live in Chicago, right? <laughs> and you you have met zero people who are at, who are went to perennial schools. Dude, I was there for like a couple like like five days. I ran into like a bunch of people. The thing is, is that this is just where people who are intense go, and um, I think it, once I get established over there. And build that bridge. You guys need to start coming out over there. Because I think, like, a lot of you guys who don't fit in here, you're not meant to fit in here. Like, I remember one time I was feeling all sad and in my feelings, like, why don't I fit in Chicago? It's because you aren't meant to fit here. And um, so I'm excited about leaving this place. You know, I love Chicago. I love what it's been to me. But I tell people like this, Chicago's like a girlfriend. And we look good together on Instagram. But she's a little bit racist, so I'll never marry her. <laughs> and, um, yeah, pr- pretty city. But... God, dude. Most segregated city, yeah. Let's dude, like, it's crazy to me how many, like, people here don't have, like, uh, like, we don't ta- see more people, like, having black... This is the... This sums it up. Josh and I were sitting, and we saw this older white woman, sort of black woman, sitting, talking as old friends. Mm. And it showed me I've never seen that shit in Chicago. <laughs> in a city that's 30% black, I've never seen two. I've just not seen it. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But at the same time, how many black people you see really in the north side just like really chilling? Yeah, I mean, that even highlights it even more. But like, even, in, even in the arts, like well, the big controversy I've seen on Facebook right now is how producers, people book shows don't really book people of color. It's usually the same white people. Yeah, men and women. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Like this is the thing is like I, I don't I, I'm not gonna f- make a big stink if you don't want to invite me to your this is this is my Oscars spiel okay dude if you don't have some if, if they're not inviting you don't look to them please please let me let me let me let me hold the shiny thing please dude no you create your own dope ass party and you don't invite them that's it and like yeah. like, like and it doesn't have to be don't create the black awards because then they're like oh, i don't even want that you create your super dope party you pay like 15 million dollars to have it shown on abc you nominate all these other people who don't usually get nominated and that's it you make the party where you're at that's at the end of the day. That's what Young Hustle is. That's what you've done. You've like, dude. If you were waiting on these these other comics to book you time after time after again, you crushed and crush, and they still don't. Fuck them, dude. They will never like you. You know. And it's not, I'm not gonna say it's because you. It's just because maybe they just don't like your jokes. You can't blame them. I can't blame you for not liking me. 
I can't blame you for not liking my stand-up. Because we also have those same people we don't like and yeah. we won't book Dude, for I, the same reason. Exactly. I, I will never book. There are people you know I will never book. I'll, I'm not going to list them off on this thing because they might blow up one day, but they know who they are. And they, <laughs> I'm just keeping this plausible deniability. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never book you. You know who you are. All right? And you'll never book me and it's fine. It's fine. It's like at the end of the day, man, you laugh at my jokes. I laugh at your jokes when they're funny. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, man. But, like, at the end of the day, it's because we're in the same tribe. You know? But that's the it. The Young Hustle tribe. Kind of. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something else. I, I, yeah. one, that's one thing I realized. Every tribe has, like, its own name. Yeah, man. And I just don't want to call it the Young Hustle tribe because I didn't create it. That's a whole different yeah. thing. Well, no, there, there's a tribe, though, there. You know? Yeah. And I think it's a Misfits this just sounds so lame. That's what a lot of people think. It, it, no, it is. But a lot of people think I'm about that young also. Yeah. <laughs> produced like a, they think I'm a producer of the last. Hey, 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 yeah, just keep keep riding. That. Just just be silent on it. Just be like, I no. always say no. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, depending on who asks. I want to be honest. Yeah, Listen, be real, dude. Be yeah. real. Because I could come back and get you. <laughs> like someone starts at sending you clips. <laughs> Start you start booking, booking people on shows. Hey man, drop your social media shit. Uh, follow me at Twitter at a humble Luis. Okay. Um, I have a podcast now called Moving Out, Moving Up. Okay. Uh, I'll link it. Facebook, Loop Wax. Yeah, just follow me on Twitter because that's what more people care about. They don't care about Facebook. They care about the tweets. Yeah, yeah, man. They don't care about Facebook. And yeah, you guys follow me on Twitter too. You know that because I need it. The Batiste. Uh, it's going to be linked on somewhere. Uh, go check out my YouTube channel, The Lazy Philosopher, for shorter versions of these things, like four minutes long, and you get to see my face. Check me out on Instagram. And also, um, guys, I know that I've been posting on Wednesdays, and I guess I'm going to just start posting on Wednesdays because... Um, because the bar is messing me up and I w- fell low on content. I also have the James Altucher episode. I just need to send it to someone to mix them together, which it's just I have not just taken the time to do that once again because of the bar exam. It will be, yeah. be finished in five weeks. But uh, if you guys made it this far, thank you so much for listening. All love and good night. And as a bonus, I want to just say who like who inspires you? Who influences you as a comedian? Who influences me as a comedian? Drew Michael. Okay. Drew Michael is the biggest inspiration to me as a comedian ever. Um, and I'm coming for you, Drew. <laughs> Goddamn right. Uh, yeah, like, uh, who about you? Gerard, well, you know yeah, that. Gerard yeah, Carmichael. you know that. And, and, you and, 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 Gerard Carmichael. And Drew Michael and Gerard Carmichael are friends. I want to I open up for Gerard Carmichael. And then eventually, years down the line, I want him to open up for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him do that. No, um, yeah, man. Um, the same. I want to leapfrog all, like, all the people I, I think are great. Um, yeah, that's what you get. That's what it is. You're hopefully one day you're f- the people you look up to become your rivals. Nah, man, not even my rivals, man. <laughs> dude, I like I, I'm on some crazy shit where I'm like, dude, Pryor doesn't even have no, nah, not Pryor. I love no, no, Pryor. I'm not about to say all this stuff, man. I'm not trying to get unbooked forever. Uh, well, I, if someone doesn't book you for that, then there's something wrong with them. Yeah, man, there's something wrong with them. But there's also a lot of things wrong with a lot of people. So, like, <laughs> 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 on that note, thank, thank you guys. guys. Take care. Peace.